Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It is another edition of Phillies today. I'm your host, James Seltzer. It is Friday, April the 17th, as we make it through another week of our new normal. As uh, hopefully everyone has a wonderful weekend and uh, can kind of just continue to do what we're doing and hopefully get through this tough time. Some some positive news, as I mentioned yesterday, that Dr. Fauci had talked about um, that he believes sports could actually get back in action without fans in the sands a little sooner than people might expect. And we'll get to our Mount Rushmore uh, continuing series coming up in just a minute. We got right fielders on tap today, and boy, are there some haymakers in right field for the Mount Rushmore. But quickly, Mike Trout um, has been a topic of conversation yesterday and into today as Trout came out yesterday and um, did a video talking uh, with, uh, I believe it was NBC Sports, um, and talking about how he has some reservations about the potential for them to return in the quarantine type of scenario that Dr. Fauci had talked about. The idea of, you know, all the baseball players going to a specific place and playing games and kind of being quarantined with each other and away from their families and all that. And um, a lot of people giving Trout grief for his comments. I don't have any issues with Mike Trout having reservations. I do think that Trout was a little tone deaf. And talking about, um, he kind of ended his statement saying, you know, it's crazy to think that we would, um, you know, be quarantined for, for months, you know, just together and that not go out and do anything. And it's like, well, you know, that's kind of what we're doing right now. So I do think it came off a little tone deaf there. And I do understand that that a hotel room, being quarantined in a hotel room away from your family is a lot different than being quarantined at home. But um just on a general sense, and again, I don't have any problem with Mike Trout voicing any frustrations or any red flags, as he called them, or, or nerves that he would have about any sort of plan to return to action. No problem. Uh, again, I, I appreciate that Mike Trout is saying how he feels and, and you know, being honest, he's got a pregnant wife. Uh, but at the same time, I do think that, and look, this is going to come down to the Players Association and the league agreeing on anything to begin with, but I do think that if they can find a way to do 
baseball in a health, uh, a safety, healthy type of way where, you know, people are not at risk, players are not at risk, or at least at, at increased risk. And I think it's something that's important for for a lot of people as well. I do think it could provide an amazing distraction. Again, I, I don't want to force any players to do something they don't want to do, but I also bet you there are a lot of players who would be okay with that. And I think that's going to be a really interesting situation, discussion, whatever you want to call it, between that Players Association and some of the voices on one side and the other. Look, not all players are like Mike Trout. Not all players make $36 million a year. A lot of players might need that salary. A lot of players might need that opportunity to go make money. And again, also, I understand that you know his wife is pregnant and they're going to have the first kid, but I also understand that he could leave and be quarantined for 14 days and miss some games and come back. Look, I think the real takeaway with this is that no matter how this plays out, it's not going to be an ideal situation. You know, No one's going to get everything they want. Uh, the players, it's not going to be perfect, but... At a certain point, if they say it can be done health, you know, health-wise, safe, safely, then I think that that's something that really needs to be considered. As I do think that it could provide a real boon for the people of America, really. You know, to to um, have that sort of thing back in their lives, that distraction, that sense of normalcy, all that could be really important as well. So I understand that it's fraught with complications. And I am not bashing Mike Trout, far from bashing Mike Trout, but I also do think that I don't think that he speaks for all players. I think there are probably a lot of players who would be very happy to do that in order to make their money. You know, like you're not going to get paid if you don't play a season. So I think it's, um, look, it's a very precarious kind of up in the air situation, but I do think that, and again, I'm not ripping Mike Trout, but I do understand why people were a little uh, upset with his comments because it did come off as a little toned up the way he phrased it, the idea of saying, oh, well, you know, you can't expect us to just play baseball and go back to the hotel and, and not go out or not do anything. It's like, well, yeah, we can. I mean, that that specific part of it, yeah, we can. That's what we're all doing right now. Everybody's home. Everyone's sacrificing. I mean, there are a lot of people, obviously, who've lost jobs. There are a lot of people who don't have the same opportunities, who would love to be able to go to work and get paid for it. Um, and then again, there are a lot of people out on the front lines who are, are unable to see their families because they're they're they need to because uh, the risk of infected every day and they they you know they can't see their families they need to quarantine all that like that's happening for people who are doing much more important things than playing baseball so um again i understand where trout's coming from definitely not ripping trout but i do think that um at a certain point like players are gonna have to understand that yeah you're gonna have to make some sacrifices if baseball's going to happen i don't think that this is going to be something where anyone is going to get away without making some sort of sacrifices and and in the end i think that potentially the importance of of getting back to playing baseball and the impact that will have for the american public for the people i do think that that could outweigh some small sacrifices that have to be made and again i'm not saying don't go see your kid being born do that you just might have to miss two weeks like that's okay you know i don't think Anyone's going to lose their mind because you had to miss a couple weeks of games because you went to see your kid be born. Like, that's okay. But I think the idea of committing to a plan where you have to be away from your family or whatever is tough. And I'm not saying that's easy, especially if you've got a you know a newborn and all that. Like, I'm not saying that's an easy decision or whatever. I'm just saying that on the whole, I do think that it's something that, that might have to be considered because ultimately I think there might be more players who want to do it than don't. And that's going to be fascinating to see how it plays out. And I do think that Trout's comments certainly are powerful and they are meaningful so and again i'm not ripping him i just um and i'm sure it would phrase that last part differently if given the opportunity um to redo it but on the whole i think that 
it is positive that they're talking about baseball being back and they're trying to figure out ways um, to figure out um, how to make it work. And I hope that uh, that is something that will be figured out, obviously, because if you're listening to the show, you're me, you know, we're all big baseball fans. So um, fingers crossed. And either way, again, look, I understand every player has to do what's right for them. And uh, that's ultimately what comes as a human being. That's what comes first. And I get that. And that's why I'm not ripping Mike Trout. But I do think that, it, there, look, there's going to be a lot of hurdles to make this happen. And sometimes people might have to sacrifice. And, and I think that that's something that's going to be really interesting to see how it all plays out. All right. Speaking of loving baseball, let's get back to it. Is We are finishing out the outfield today. Our right field Mount Rushmore will be built, chiseled in stone today. For those who have been listening, I'm basing these Mount Rushmores on legacy, on numbers, on hardware. And right field's a tough one because there are some serious haymakers. And also, I don't decide until the end of the the show. Like, I am not coming in. I've got a few preconceived notions. Don't get me wrong. But I'm also not making any decisions until it's done. I'm really talking it out. So let's dive in. We like to go from the old to the new. Um, And let's just start with someone who will be on the Mount Rushmore. He was going to be on one of the Mount Rushmores. He played a lot of games in left field, but more in right field than us. Babe Ruth will be on the Mount Rushmore of right fielders. I'm going to do the Mount Rushmore of baseball next week, and he'll probably be on that too. Let's be honest about it, but uh, we know that Babe Ruth will be on there, so let's just say congratulations to Babe Ruth for making it on the Mount Rushmore. Of course, 714 home runs. The guy really changed the sport for, you know, record was like 12 home runs, and he had 29, and then just shot from there, so... Babe Ruth will be on the Mount Rushmore. All right. Uh, a few older names to mention. Only one of them, I think, has a real cha- shot to be on the end, uh, on the Mount Rushmore at the end, but players who have to be mentioned. Um, the one who has a real chance, who is an all-time great player, probably doesn't get talked about that much because he played such a long time ago, but Melot was a hell of a baseball player. Played from 1926 to 1947. 511 career home runs, 304 career average. Was just a dynamite hitter. 12-time All-Star, World Series champ, six-time home run leader. Melot, also a, a real fun guy to watch, a kind of step-in-the-bucket type hitter. Uh, Melot, an all-time player, uh, played his whole career with the New York Giants, was a manager for them after. Um, Melot, a, a all-time baseball player. Again, 511 home runs back when that really meant something. Melot could be on the Mount Rushmore of right fielders. When we're all said and done here, Melot actually has a chance to be on this Mount Rushmore. A couple of older guys who need to be mentioned, but probably won't be on the end here, but but are worth mentioning. Paul Wehner uh, was a great player, uh, right fielder, spent a lot of his career playing for the Pittsburgh Pirates, finished out with the Yankees, was in Brooklyn for a little bit with the Dodgers, four-time All-Star, NL MVP in 27, three-time batting champ, ended his career with the 333 batting average and 3,152 career hits. Paul Wehner was a hell of a player, Hall of Famer, well-deserved Hall of Famer. Um, and someone who deserves to mention, look, he's not better than Melot, so um, that spot will get taken up by Melot before it'll get taken up by him, but still a, a really great baseball player that deserves to be mentioned. Another great baseball player deserves to be mentioned, Harry Heilman. Heilman played a little bit of first base as well, more a right fielder, career 342 hitter, 2,660 career hits, played in 1914 to 1932, the vast majority of his career with the Tigers, four-time batting champ, a uh, Hall of Famer, Harry Heilman. Uh, worth a mention, great nickname, was nicknamed Slug. Uh, which is uh, uh, silly, but good nickname. Um, Harry Hallman uh, won't be on the list at the end, but deserves to be mentioned. And one more who won't make the uh, 
won't make the Mount Rushmore, but you know we're Philadelphia. That's what we do here. We can't not mention Chuck Klein, who played the vast majority of his career as a right fielder. Uh, Chuck Klein, an all-time great Philly, one of the Phillies with his number retired. Played from 1928 to 1944. 320 career hitter with 300 career home runs. A Hall of Famer. Two-time All-Star. NL MVP in 32. Triple Crown in 33. Um, you know, just a, a great, great player. Uh, one of the all-time great Phillies. Certainly of those older Phillies teams. The main guy that we always talk about. Chuck Line will not be on the Mount Rushmore of right fielders, but deserve to be mentioned. All right, let's move forward a generation and some haymakers. Some serious haymakers are on this list here. Um, Going uh, from older to newer, one guy who probably won't make the list, but um, uh, just passed away and is an all-time great player. Has a chance. Like when we're all done here, Al Kaline might be on the Mount Rushmore of right fielders. Al Kaline played from 1953 to 1974. Ended his career with 3,007 hits, 399 home runs. He was an eight. 18-time All-Star, and a 10-time Gold Glover. Was a great fielder as well. World Series champion, 68. Al Kaline, a great, great baseball player. No doubt about it. Hall of Famer. Um, and really one of the great right fielders of all time. And, and deserves to be mentioned here. He probably won't make the Mount Rushmore because you're about to see. We've already got one spot taken up by Babe Ruth. And we're about to give another spot away. And then we'll give away some more. But there are some haymakers here. But Al Kaline, a... Uh, that level of player, but just not quite the notoriety, not quite the um, pedigree, so to speak, of other players like his counterpart in terms of his peer, I should say, someone who played at the same time as him, also a right fielder. I mean, Hank Aaron's going to be on the Mount Rushmore. I mean, let's be real here. Hank Aaron, 305 career hitter. 305 career hitter. Think about that, that he was a 305 career hitter, but also at 755 home runs, 3,771 hits. Hank Aaron, one of the all-time, all-time greats, might also be on the Mount Rushmore baseball players when we do that next week of all of them. He has a lot to be on the right field. 25-time All-Star, World Series champ, NL MVP, three-time gold glove. Again, uh, held the record for home runs for most of my lifetime early on until Bonds broke at 755 on the home runs. One of those few guys who... uh, has over 3,000 hits and over 500 home runs. The only guy with over 3,000 hits and over 700 home runs. Hank Aaron, just a all-time baseball player, one of the greats to ever, ever do it. He is a lock. We've already got two. It's uh, As we've kind of gone through these, it's been more of a figure it out as we go and let's not make a decision in the end and all that. We have two spots already taken. I mean, Babe Ruth and Hank Aaron are on the Mount Rushmore. It is what it is. Like I said, they might be on the Mount Rushmore of all of baseball when we do that next week. They're certainly on the Mount Rushmore of right fielders. Lock those two in. It's done. Now it gets tough because we have two spots to give away, and we got some haymakers, including the two I'm about to mention as we kind of continue along here. One of these guys, a short viral famer, maybe one of the more underrated players of all time um, because he should be in the pantheon of the great, great, greats. Um, played at the same time as Hank Aaron, not talked about as much. Obviously, the numbers not quite as there. Uh, but Frank Robinson was a damn good baseball player. 586 career home runs back when that mattered. Uh, 2,943 career hits at 294. Are so close. 57 hits short of 3,000. Was a manager after that. Just a, an all-time baseball guy. Hall of Famer. 14-time All-Star. Two-time World Series champ. The only player to win both the American and the National League MVP. 
That's something. That is a meaningful thing. Also, a World Series MVP. He won a Triple Crown. Um, Frank Robinson did about all you could do in a baseball uniform, and really one of the true all-time greats has a real chance to be on this uh, Mount Rushmore at the end. Uh, in fact, uh, one of the front runners, as far as I'm concerned. Him and Mel Ott right now, of the names we mentioned, are both legitimate, legitimate candidates to be on the right field. He did play the vast majority of his games in right field as well. Frank Robinson did play other positions, but right field, by far his uh, number one position. Um, another guy who uh, was a little bit after Frank Robinson and uh, uh, really right around the same time, debuted right after, but but really just played the same time as these other guys we're talking about with Aaron and you know a counterpart, really to the level of right fielder at this time, but Roberto Clemente. Um, a real chance to be on this Mount Rushmore as well. Uh, 317 career average, 3,000 career hits on the dot. 15-time All-Star, two-time World Series champ, NL MVP, World Series MVP, 12-time Gold Glover, and also someone who mattered a lot outside of the sport, one of the true humanitarians to ever play the game. Of, uh, Puerto Rico, his home country, did so much for Puerto Rico. Of course, died sadly young in a plane crash at the age of 38, which is just just a shame, just such a sad, sad thing as he was um, known by so many as, as one of the great, great, great people to ever play the sport. And um, Clemente, also one of the great players to ever play the sport. This is going to be a tough one, man. Roberto Clemente, Frank Robinson, both deserve to be on the Mount Rushmore. But we also got Mel Ott. We got some other names we're about to get into. So um, it's tough. But Roberto Clemente has a real chance when we're all done and we're chiseling those faces into Mount Rushmore. A real chance to be there. As does moving a generation forward now, or slight generation, you know, some years. Um, how about Reggie Jackson? Reggie Jackson, of course, Cheltenham zone. Reggie Jackson, an all-time great baseball player, of course, Mr. October, um, started his career in 1967, played through 87, 563 career home runs, 14-time All-Star, five-time World Series champ. How about that? Two-time World Series MVP. That matters. A guy who really brought it when it mattered most, a Hall of Famer. Um, Reggie Jackson, an all-time great baseball player. Is this a, right field might have the most great candidates that we have uh, have done yet. This is a really, really tough one. Uh, Reggie Jackson deserves to be on on a Mount Rushmore, um, but just some of these names make it tough. Um, but Reggie Jackson certainly in the discussion, as is Dave Winfield. Dave Winfield, a a great player as well, a Hall of Famer as well. Uh, Winfield was like a three sports star, I believe, coming out of college. Uh, three thousand one hundred and ten career hits, four hundred and sixty five career home runs, twelve time All Star, World Series champ, seven time Gold Glover. Dave Winfield, a, a heck of a baseball player, made it in on his first ballot. Winfield and, and Ray Jackson. Winfield, obviously, a little bit after Jackson, but similar um, times in the league. 73, he debuted instead of 67. He played longer until 95. Dave Winfield was a great player, and obviously both those guys had success with the New York Yankees at times. Um, this is tough, man. This is the toughest one yet in terms of too many good candidates because as we move forward another generation, how about Tony Gwynn? Also a career right fielder. I mean, how do you not put Tony Gwynn on the Mount Rushmore? Gwynn, one of the great hitters of my lifetime, maybe the best pure hitter I've ever seen up there. Um, certainly is Tony Gwynn a 338 career hitter. 338, of course, also passed away as too young. 3,141 career hits, spent his entire career as a Padre, um, eight-time batting champ, 
15-time All-Star, 5-time Gold Glover, 7-time Silver Slugger. Tony Gwynn's one of the greats who ever did it. One of the greats I ever saw do it, that's for sure. And uh, yet, you know, this is a tough spot here. I think Gwynn's got a real chance to be on it too. You know, um, Gwynn, again, one of the great pure hitters of all time, a 338 career hitter to play as long as he did. And that 338 over that span is, is hard to believe. Like, it is it is shocking that someone could do that. A couple more names from Gwynn's era who won't pass Gwynn and thus won't pass the other guys we're mentioning. But Larry Walker just got in the Hall of Fame and, all-time great hitter, five-time All-Star, NL MVP, seven-time Gold Glover, um, deserves mention, as does Vlad Guerrero. Vlad Guerrero, of course, um, we remember him in right field with those cannon throws, the all-time great right fielder, um, and also a nine-time All-Star, an AL MVP, just a really, really great player, um, 318 career average with 449 home runs. That mix of average and power is rare, and it is special. Like, these are all great, great players. Like, we're not even getting into Sammy Sosa, Gary Sheffield. Gary Sheffield was so great when I was growing up. That dude could hit. Quickest wrist I've ever seen in my life. Um, you know, all these guys were great, great players. Sosa had 600-plus home runs. You know, and he's not even a question. And granted, you know, the steroid thing and all that. But really, truly great, great players who aren't even in the discussion here for the Mount Rushmore because it's so contentious. We have one more name who has to be mentioned. As a re- this one actually has a chance to be on this Mount Rushmore um, for a number of reasons, really the legacy of it all um, when you think about it and what that matters. Um, but um, might not get there because there's so many tough choices here. But Ichiro Suzuki has to be mentioned. We know what an amazing outfielder he was as a right fielder. But 311 career hitter in the majors, 3,089 career hits as a Major League Baseball player, which is crazy because he also had 1,278 hits in the Japanese League, a 353 hitter. He played a long time in the Japanese League. He's there for eight years before ever coming to America. Think about if he had those eight extra years here, he might have passed Pete Rose. We might be talking about Ichiro Suzuki as the all-time hits leader. How crazy is that? Think about that. Ichiro was that great. And of course, defensively, we all know how great he was. The cannon arm was a 10-time All-Star. AL MVP in 2001 set the record for most hits in a season. 10-time gold glover, which is something that a lot of these other guys haven't been quite to that level. Ichiro was a all-time, all-time, all-time great baseball player. A first ballot Hall of Famer. Or will be, excuse me, a first, but should be a first ballot Hall of Famer. And really one of the Great hitters I've seen in my lifetime, along with Gwynn. Like, those are two names. Tony Gwynn and Ichiro Suzuki might be the two of the four or five best pure hitters I've ever seen play baseball. I mean, legitimately. And, again, when you think about the cannon arm, the defensive ability, I mean, just a all-time great player. That's what makes it so hard. I mean, right field is really hard. Let's try and cut it down now. We've already got two spots taken. Babe Ruth and Hank Aaron are on the Mount Rushmore. Just lock it in. It's done. There's nothing we can do. So it really comes down to two spots between these guys, Melot, Roberto Clemente, Frank Robinson, Tony Gwynn, and Ichiro Suzuki, and Reggie Jackson. You got to put Reggie in there. How do we decide? This is really tough. All right. Um, again, we have Ruth and Aaron on the Mount Rushmore. They're chiseled in already. The, the, the work is done. It's Clemente, it's Robinson, it's Melot, it's Reggie Jackson, it's Tony Gwynn, it's Ichiro Suzuki. We have a whole other Mount Rushmore of players that we want to put on there. It's ridiculous. Um, I'm going to give one spot to Roberto Clemente. 
both for the player he was, but also the impact he had. The, the most prestigious award you can win in baseball for anything you do off the field is the Roberto Clemente Award. He is a, a piece of baseball that matters. Everything he did, the whole aura, and he had the hardware, and he had the hits to prove it. Like He might not have been as good a hitter as, as Tony Gwynn or Ichiro. He might have been, but he might not have been. But the whole package, like I said, the legacy... Roberto Clemente is on the Mount Rushmore of right fielders. Now we have one spot for Melot, Frank Robinson, Reggie Jackson, Tony Gwynn, Ichiro Suzuki. All right, here's the way I see it. We're going to take Melot off the list, even though he might have been the best player of these guys, potentially all around, even though obviously a long time ago. And we're going to take Reggie Jackson out. I love Reggie, but he's not quite at the level of the other guys. And we're going to take Tony Gwynn out, who was, again, an amazing pure hitter, but... For me, it comes down to Ichiro Suzuki and Frank Robinson. And Ichiro, obviously, for his everything he did, Japan, and then coming over and what that meant, that legacy. But ultimately, mm, I'm giving it to Frank Robinson. Only guy to win an MVP in each league. Went on to be a manager for so long. Was such a part of the game for so long. He won World Series. He was someone who mattered to baseball and is underrated as a player. But when you look at the legacy of what Frank Robinson did and has done in baseball, it's the toughest call I've made yet for a four spot, but I'm giving it to Frank Robinson. Final answer, Arm Mount Rushmore, chisel it in the stone of right fielders, Babe Ruth, Hank Aaron, Roberto Clemente, and Frank Robinson. That might be the best Mount Rushmore of all the ones we've done. We've had some good ones. Center field was strong. But right field might take the cake. Next week, we'll do some pitchers. We'll talk managers. And, of course, the Mount Rushmore of all of baseball with, you know, a couple guys we talked about today might be there. So um, that's coming up. Again, everyone, have a wonderful, happy, uh, as happy as possible weekend. You know, spend time with your family. Stay safe. Stay healthy. And, um and try and enjoy whatever time you can. And uh, hopefully next week we can come back and uh, continue to provide some entertainment, some distraction as we continue to trudge along through these tough times. So, uh, again, thank you so much for listening and letting me you know, have this distraction to talk to you and hopefully provide a distraction for you as well. So until next week, thank you for listening to another edition of Phillies Today right here on the Phillies 24-7 Network. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.